Wow, what's up everybody? I am Joshua and I am so blessed to see you guys today. We are live on the Live Mono Worldwide Network broadcasting all over the world on Amazon Fire, Apple TV, Roku, all of social media. Thank you for being here. Um, man, it's been a while <laughs> since I've broadcasted and I am excited to be here. Um, and I'm really, really excited about our guest. Uh, you know, it's I am Joshua is the show. It's not gratitude unfiltered. That's what most of you know me from. And um, I changed. I, I walked away for a little bit to be able to write a movie and just kind of get really clear on what it is that I'm going to do. Um, and I'm fortunate that I have a little bit of clarity. And that clarity is I'm not going to be put in a box. Um, the show is going to look different every day. I some days may be in the streets doing the broadcast. It may not matter. But I'm happy to be broadcasting, as most of you know that do know me, this is my childhood dream. Having the opportunity to broadcast um, is, it was a childhood dream, but getting to serve the Lord this way is, <laughs> has been become the main thing. And I'm, it is humbling, like I'm kind of emotional because I almost forgot how much I love to broadcast um, and to do this and to help share other people's stories and our next guest is going to be terrific. His name is Sterling Harris. And I want you to watch this really quick video and uh, it'll give you a little insight about what's going on. The Bible says, it says that the kingdom of heaven is not just a talk, but a power. Power is the ability to demonstrate some the ability to act. God is all about encountering you. Because I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, because I walk in a love relationship with him, that power just came in the room. Jesus Christ lives inside of me. The Holy Spirit is all up in your area, wherever you go. You might as well start using it. You might as well start speaking it. You might as well start living it. That's what my heart burns for you to encounter God personally for yourself every day of your life. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Take the negative thoughts you're getting and flip them around in the total opposite positive direction and you will 99.9999% of the time be hearing exactly how God feels about you. So you just ninja flip on the devil real quick like that. Just... <laughs> God has put a dream and a purpose inside of you, and he has the provision for that purpose before you even thought you had that purpose. <laughs> so but what you have to do, you have to put some faith on it. I said, you got to put some faith on And two weeks later, God encountered me, and I began to feel this fire on me. I began to feel this, like, this weight on me, this heaviness weight. I didn't know what it was. I had zero contact, zero grip in the supernatural. And literally, I began to feel fire on my fingertips. And then my whole body began to burn. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to hell. <laughs> So I'm thinking right then it's going to be ashes, my Nikes, that's it, it's a wrap. Sterling, he's gone. I did not yet know that there is a cleansing, refining fire of the Holy Spirit. He saw a man that was hungry and desperate, 
at the end of himself. And if you're hungry and desperate today, at the end of yourself, he will meet you where you are. I came to offer you an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Your miracle is the same place. Your miracle's right here, you're right here. You keep abiding in God's presence, and it will meet in a place of power. Guaranteed. Because <laughs> God's been speaking all the time. <laughs> Yeah, that's the Sterling Harris version. You <laughs> cannot argue with a change and transform life. Because that's the power of the name of Jesus. What a laugh. I mean, oh my gosh. Hold on, I got to turn off the volume back here. What a laugh. Um, I was like cracking up at the end, but it's so powerful. And one of the things is, is I one of the things I've learned, and this chair is a little swabbly for me. Uh, one of the things that I've learned is that through my own walk, is it takes work to get to that place. When you are speaking and flowing through the Holy Spirit, it, it really takes work and an act of surrender to get there. Um, I remember early in my walk and not really getting what that when people talked about the Holy Spirit and how important it is or how important He is to the walk, I didn't comprehend it until I had that moment of being baptized by fire. And if you have not experienced that as a believer, it changes everything. It changes your discernment. It changes your, just your, your vision. It changes your clarity. It changes your drive. It changes your focus. The Holy Spirit is, is everything. I, I can't even begin to explain any more than that. I can't explain it better. But with that said, let's pray really quick. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this opportunity just to be able to broadcast again. Holy Spirit, I ask that you come. Holy Spirit, that I ask that you just drop in on everybody that is going to watch this live, on the replay, listening on the podcast. Drop in on everybody and let them feel your presence. Let them feel your love. Let them feel your redemption power. Let them feel, let them feel your, your healing power, your transformable power. Just give it to him, Lord. Give it to him. Bless this. Bless this broadcast and let it do what you want it to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one, the only, Mr. Sterling Harris. Hey, up, man? man, bro. Joshua, you're you're an animal, bro. You are so right, man. The Holy Spirit is where it's at. You gotta, if you if you have never really begun to partner with the Holy Spirit, it will change and transform your life. I, I I say that religion is like the worst thing that happened to Christianity, and it is. But the Holy Spirit is the anti-religion of Christianity. It's actually what Christianity is all about. Jesus said that it would be better that I go so the Holy Spirit would come. Now, if you're walking with Jesus, like that's kind of like LeBron James saying, you know, it's going to be better that I go. <laughs> the, the, your, your, the team is going to be better off. And people are like, I don't think so, LeBron. That's the same thing when Jesus said, it's going to be better that I go than I send the Holy Spirit to you. So, man, thank you for that uh, encouragement that it is about the Holy Ghost. You, you've got to gotta be able to begin to partner with the anointing of God to really see transformation in your life. That's <laughs> It's the lifesaver. It's the way that to me, the Holy Spirit is when you do fall, like, I mean, we all sin and we all fall short. And those of us that have battled demons, like, I mean, I, I don't know your story yet, but I'm in my own walk. It's been the Holy Spirit 
that when I do fall off or I give in to temptation, that the Holy Spirit comes in. And basically, the way the Holy Spirit punishes me, it punishes me is it just shuts me down. All of a sudden, I become lifeless, uh, absolutely lifeless. I have no energy. There's this fog. It affects me in ways that I, I'm terrified. Back in my early days, I wasn't like that. I would be like, I could just sin and do whatever and go on. I'm like, oh, I'll fix it in church on Sunday. <laughs> but having a daily walk with the Lord now and, yeah. and inviting the Holy Spirit to be with me all day, whew, I, it, it is a whole different game. And, I, and I'm so thankful for that part of my walk with the Lord because that's the part that makes it special. That's the part that gets me excited and gets me hooked on the walk and gets me also pumped up for the battles ahead. Yeah, We are in a battle. You better believe it, son. Hey, 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 don't go on the football field without your without your helmet and pads, uh, because you're gonna get hit. It's kind of like, you know, you're like, oh, I don't want to go through any spiritual battles. And you know, Christianity is supposed to be this all lovey, warmy, lovey dovey. If I give my life to Jesus, everything's gonna be okay. No battles after that, bro. That's like going on a football field dressed dressed to do battle, and then somebody hits you and you get mad about it. <laughs> That's true. Golly, that's true. I, I hadn't, I'm, that's a really great analogy. I love when you get to talk to other believers and you get to hear their analogies and how they apply scripture or their walk to their everyday life and you get to hear their terminology. It's fantastic. I love yeah, that. Yeah, thank so, you, bro. All right. I don't know really where to start with you, but you play. how long did you play in the NFL for? So I, I played – just when I started playing football – on a bet with my dad when I was like in fifth grade. And then I just realized that I really liked to hit people and that I was, that I was somewhat good at it. And there's a lot of people who counted me out, but God counted me in. And I, I did not know at the time, but there was the Holy spirit in me kept giving me these inspirational, loving thoughts about, about overcoming and the things that I could do. If I kept, if I kept working hard and trying to be the best that I could be. Sure. And so I played in the NFL, um, to answer your question, a little under two years. I had a, a career-ending foot injury. Uh, I had You're that. you dude, too. I would imagine that's pretty crippling. You know, Joshua, I had my whole identity wrapped up in playing football. So that was really the issue. There's so many people that have their identity wrapped up in things besides God and their identity is not rooted and grounded in who they are in God. And so you basically give the enemy an open door to attack those things because you make those things idols in your life. And it could be stuff that's super good. My idol was playing football and being good at football. And most people will say, that's great, bro. You were an all American, all state, all area. You got a full ride to SMU. You played in the NFL. You, you, you lived your dream. But the whole time I had my whole identity wrapped up in do, doing things for God and then also wrapped up in, in, in being my very best in football. So when that, got, when, that, when that ceased with my injury, my whole life began to crumble because I had my foundation built on sand and not on the solid rock of Jesus through a relationship with him. And I was saved. I was going to heaven. I was barely bumping in, but I was going to heaven. But I did not know how to partner with God on an everyday basis mm. to hear his voice and to know him. And see, that's what Christianity is about. It's about knowing God 
and hearing his voice and being led by the Holy Spirit, like you talked about, in very practical, everyday, conversational ways. Mm, I love and so that. that that's that's really that's really the daily relationship piece is what took me so long to to get to because I had to get past the religious ideas that had tried to put God in a box hmm. and God's way far up in heaven somewhere. And you're down here and you, you basically have to kind of white knuckle it spiritually uh, until you get to, you know, you get to heaven. And that's yeah. just not the case. That's not how Jesus walked. Jesus, he said, he said, I can only do what I see the father doing, meaning he spiritually saw what he needed to do. I can only say what I hear the father saying, meaning he spiritually heard things in his spirit from God. And it says that Jesus was moved along by the Holy Spirit. And then he felt things in his spirit. Like you're, you're talking about the feeling of the kinetic feeling of peace or lack of peace. So we know Jesus as our model, if he could spiritually feel, see, and sense and hear, so can we, because he, he came to model what a relationship with the father looked like. And so many people want to say he died for our sins, which is which is which is true. But he also died to get us relationally connected again to the Holy Spirit and to God's spirit and impart eternal life to us right now today where we can walk like Jesus walked and empowered us to walk out what the word of God says. I want to talk to you when so that let that lukewarm that lukewarm Sunday relationship, the Sunday relationship <laughs> with God. <clears throat> and a lot of people, that's the majority of, I would say that, I would say the majority of Christians have the Sunday relationship. And, but, and I, and, and for me, I was the same way. You've already said that you were the same way. What was the turning point when you said enough of this, I'm all in, I want this relationship like just like a relationship you try to get with a woman when you're getting married or you're courting a woman. I mean, it's not, it's not exactly the same thing, but you have like putting in that effort, that daily walk, the daily paying attention, the daily checking in. How you doing, God? Talk to me. Like what's yeah, going on? Come like, on? What was that turning point for you? Man, Joshua, it really, the thing about it is, is I didn't know any better. So I couldn't do any better because what I saw modeled within my sphere of influence was churchianity was going to church and that's where God was. He was at church and, and you kind of went and visited him at church and then he was watching everything and doing everything, but there was no abiding daily relationship that I saw modeled in my sphere of influence. So I just didn't know any better. So my rock bottom moment actually came on top and, and I was in a club in downtown Dallas dancing on a couch in VIP and I had a hundred thousand dollar car parked outside in VIP, ten thousand dollar watch my wrist, and I still had no peace. Mm. And I look out at the crowd, the laser lights, and I say, God, you know, this is this. There's got to be more than this because yeah. I saw my friends that had way more money than I had, you know, fifty, hundred million dollars, and they're still suffering from the same thing I'm suffering from, which is a lack of peace and and fulfillment in their hearts. They just have more mass than other people. So they have the they go on car kicks and travel kicks and but I know them personally. So I know inside that they're still feeling empty. And me myself, I was feeling the same way. So I mean, I'm I was hard hearted back then, but I wasn't an idiot. I was just like, God, there's gotta be more than this. And mm -hmm. a week later, Joshua, God began to encounter me 
in in the back of a church that I went to just kind of crying out to God. And I was just crying out to him, God, cleanse me, help me. And I had zero context for the supernatural, Joshua. Like if I knew I knew nothing, that would be something. But I thought I actually knew something because I've been taught all these history lessons and religious ideas. And God began, my, my whole fingertips began to, to tingle and my whole body began to tingle. And I was just so scared because I'd never felt the presence of the Holy Spirit like that. I didn't even know what it was. I just, I just knew God was, God was doing something in me. And then I began to feel fire on my fingertips and fire began to burn in my body. And, and all I knew about fire and God was hell. That's it. That, that's the lens and the filter that I looked through. And if you look through the long, wrong lens and the wrong filter, then you'll see the wrong things. Yeah. Or you'll see things that are distorted. You see that and you can put on any kind of filter on, you know, Instagram and, and Snapchat these days. And you can contort the picture where it doesn't look like the original design that God originally designed it to. And that's the same thing in my life. So my whole body began to burn. And so I got scared. I was like, God, please, I don't want to go to hell. So I'm thinking right then it's going to be like me, my Nike's ashes. Like that's all it's going to be left. I'm thinking I'm, I'm out of there. Like I'm gone. <laughs> and so God just had mercy on me. God, God just God bless me. And, and so I began to feel this liquid love being poured over my head, like a warm oil and, and cooling water at the same time. And I just felt the peace of God fall on me. And I just was like, I was marked by that moment. And you know, what's so funny, Joshua is I had zero context for the supernatural and the people, the church that I was in, they did not believe in the baptism of the Holy spirit and fire or the baptism of the Holy spirit. And you know what? Neither did I, you know what, Joshua, God doesn't care. He didn't care one bit. He just, he just, he saw somebody hungry and desperate and I didn't have language or context mm -hmm. for what happened to me. So it was hard for me to partner with what happened to me on a daily basis. But I would say that day that I encountered God, something inside my heart changed. And that's what the Holy Spirit can do is he can change your heart. So, so many things are going on in the world right now, but it's a heart issue in so many different ways and if people could just learn how to abide in God and hear his voice and be led by the Holy Spirit, God would download all kinds of ways to be a good father, be a good police officer, um, be a great uh, empowered businessman. There's so many resources that God has in heaven that he's just waiting for people to access their destiny and access what he's already purposed for their life but you have to do it through a relational connection with God. And that's really what is missing, I would say, in the world at large and even in the church is knowing how to partner with the Holy Spirit, hear God's voice and be led by him on a daily basis. I mean, that's I lived in white knuckle Christianity, just white knuckling it for like 15 years of my life, Joshua. And when I found out the, the Holy Spirit spoke to you and you could hear God's voice, I got to admit, bro, I was mad. I was like, I just wasted 15 years of my life banging my head against every single wall there was. <laughs> Spent a lot of money, a lot of heartache. I was like mad at the people that I grew up with, like in my church. I'm like, I found eternal life there, but I found a whole bunch of religion that kept me bound for like 15 years white and white knuckle Christianity. It was, I mean, I, I, at the same time I was happy, but at the same time I was like, man, I just wasted a lot of time. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny. I didn't do the religion 
I, I, even though I was going to church, I was also leaving church and going to do cocaine and drink and all that stuff. So like, I didn't really do religion either. I was more drawn to spirituality because I had experienced so much in the spiritual world, like de demons. And I was really drawn to darkness. So the spirituality of Jesus is what drew me. So I was one of those spiritual, but not religious people for a long time because I believed in supernatural. Like I believed yeah. in evil spirits. I, and, and I didn't necessarily believe in holy spirits or good spirits, <laughs> but I saw plenty of bad ones. And so when I had my moment and my, it was my sixth time in jail, LA County jail, when I had my moment with God, for the very first time I ever heard God's voice, freaked me out. But when I finally like said, all right, I, I finally surrendered and I, I gave it all up and I said, my life is no longer my own. I'll never, re I'll never forget the Holy Spirit literally dropping on me, like knocking me on my butt, <laughs> lifting me up at the same time. And all of a sudden, I swear to you, I thought I was levitating. Like I knew then, like I was like, okay, I'm not doing regular church anymore. Like even if I'm behind bars, like I, I knew I needed something so much, much more. And I was very fortunate shortly. I mean, I kind of church wandered for a long time, but when I found a church home that was full gospel, that welcomed the Holy Spirit, yeah, it, it changed everything because that is the most important part of the walk is that relationship with the Holy Spirit, the acknowledgement. And the Holy Spirit, from what I understand as a gentleman, <laughs> have to Come invite on. him in. Yeah. Like, sometimes he'll make an appearance, but he really does like to be invited in. I want you to talk about that that lukewarm that where the Christians are at. Like, what is the most encouraging thing you could say to to bring people to the understanding that it's not going to church on Sunday? Like, there's so much more available. Like, what can you say to that? I would say I would say what Jesus said. Like, come to me. All you who are lay, burdened down by religion, and that's what the that's what the message says. And he said, "Come to me, who all all you who are burdened down by religion, and I will give you a rest and a peace and an empowerment and the supernatural that you don't have right now." And I would say that that is the love call of God, because when you begin to experience God supernaturally, there's a place in all of our hearts that's built for eternity and built for the supernatural. The problem is, is that new age and, and, and different things like that. They've, they've tried, they've majored in supernatural when we should be majoring in supernatural as Christians. Like we're the authors of supernatural. Like Jesus is the author of supernatural. So when you begin to, to experience the supernatural God, God will systematically empower you and transform your life in a way that you'll have fulfillment and peace and joy and comfort and empowerment and power and live an empowered life. So I would say to people that that are maybe struggling right now that there's always more with God. It's never too late to start. And whatever you give God, he'll give you back more. And you, you can t start with the smallest steps ever and God will meet you right there in the darkness where you are, no matter what kind of darkness you find yourself in. Mm. And if you just begin to consciously ask him questions, expect for him to speak to you, 
begin to hear or listen or, or read the Bible and the word of God so it can begin to wash your soul and, and your heart and just spend, you know, start out spending five minutes a day in the morning, just talking to him and listening and reading your daily devotional and start small. And then like what I did is I began to set my watch and it would go off every hour and I would just pray and practice a listening prayer. And I would say something to God or involve in whatever I was doing, no matter what it was, it could be the simplest thing like cooking a meal. And I began to see God's favor begin to rest on what I was doing. So if the meal tasted better in that case, what I was doing ended up going smoother and I had more joy in what I was doing. I began to feel the presence of God on a daily basis abide with me. And the, the unfulfilled part of my heart that was designed by God for a daily love connection with him was finally filled, which religion couldn't fill it. Motivational speaking couldn't fill it. Helping people couldn't fill it. Of course, the drugs and the alcohol and, and the party and none of that could fill that void because it's a relational daily connection that we're all built and wired for. And so I would just say, start small where you just say, okay, God, I know that you speak. I know that you live inside me. Start to be God inside minded because God came so that Holy Spirit could live inside of you. So every person has accepted Jesus. The Holy Spirit actually lives inside of you. God did not come to make you a good person. He came to, I know that people are like, you should not preach that. He didn't. He drew. He came to make you spiritually connected with God again. So you could open your heart, receive God's love, give that love back to him, and then live out of the overflow of a daily connectedness with him. And out of who you are, you bear fruit of who you are. Mm. So if I daily connect with God and I receive his love and his grace and I see how merciful he is to me when I miss it all the time, then I'm so much better equipped to give out mercy and give out grace and see people through the love lens of Jesus because I know how much grace he's for, he's forgiven me for. Cause you know, there's times that me and my wife will, will have a heated fellowship, if you will, or something <laughs> that, you know, my daughter, my daughter will, you know, do something that irks me and I'll have to walk. Lord, I just forgive my daughter. And she's, you know, 19 months old, bro. But I don't, I don't allow anything to get in my heart. If it wasn't in Jesus's heart, I don't want it in mine. So I began to, I release things. I live a life as a forgiver and I begin to forgive big, small, little, medium on a daily basis. Lord, I forgive my wife and I begin to bless her and claim the opposite of maybe what the negative thought or what I'm experiencing. I did that in the same thing in my business. Uh, you know, people, I, I work in the, the trucking industry and I'm a freight broker. That's my marketplace ministry and God is in the marketplace. That's a whole nother conversation, but God is in your everyday life. And the same thing, I'll pray for truck drivers. God will give me, you know, words of wisdom to speak to them. He'll tell me, you know, what, what to bid on certain things. I mean, it's just, it's a situation where God wants to be involved in your everyday. And if, if people that are struggling in their faith or feel like they're living this life of churchianity, first of all, realize God is all about fellowship and community. He's all about family. Mm -hmm. That's a facet or a feature of your relationship with him, but it's a very small segment. The majority of your relationship with God should be conversational and he's in your everyday. And that's where you're going to find the fulfillment 
And that's where you're going to begin to burn with the fire of God. And when you're on fire, when you go through the fire, nothing changes. You just keep getting hotter and those things begin to burn off you. And not that you're not going to go through and feel and, and do all those things, but you're going to be equipped to learn how to press through those things and hold God's hand in the midst of challenging situations. That's I mean, I myself went from a federal, from a, from an NFL football player, motivational speaker, all around nice guy to a federal prisoner for three and a half years for a crime. I didn't knowingly commit. I mean, that's fire right there, bro. <laughs> but I walked with God hand in hand through it. Mm. When I was mad at him, I talked to him about how mad I was at him. When I had unforgiveness for people, I talked with him about how much I wanted to commit possible homicide. Mm. And he worked with me and he met me. Wherever I was, no matter if it was I was joyful, happy, rageful, vengeful, unforgiving, no matter what, he'll meet you where you are. And if you learn how to emotionally and intimately share your thoughts and feelings with God and expect him to speak to you out of that, you can live out of the overflow of your life. And it's, it's an amazing way to live. That's what's up. And guys, anyone of you guys watching, if you have questions for Sterling, uh, go ahead and ask them. We'll, um, I'll share those questions with him. But I want to ask you something. So as a football player, were you – I know this sounds like a silly question, but I had some friends that when I played, they were like – it was almost like they did yoga before they played a game. They were always peaceful and calm. They would listen to Billy Ocean and like Sade and like they were super <laughs> calm and they would go out and break heads. There wasn't a violent bone in their body even though they were playing a violent sport. I was one of those people that would try to make my hands bleed, like make my face bleed. I wanted to look like the ultimate warrior. Like I was that guy, like head banging and all of it. Super, super aggressive. And I'm that kind of an energy guy. So I'm hot tempered is the point. Hot blooded. <laughs> I, I've learned like the Holy Spirit has really, really, really helped me. However, that fighting spirit is very, very much alive. What kind of person like were you when you played? Were you pretty aggressive? <laughs> So Joshua, short answer is that I was super aggressive, bro. I was, I was kind of like you were, you know, I wanted to basically break people's wills that I was going against. And so I played football because I like to hit people. Yeah. Most people that are football fans know more about the game of football than I do from a, from a football history perspective. Yeah. I literally like to hit people. I liked the physical violence of the game and I did not know it, but I had all this rage pent up from my, from my childhood. And I would just use that rage in a very useful way. The problem was it just kept me subdued for so long. So after I got finished playing football, I was still like, I had a really, a, a real anger problem, mm. but it, it always manifested itself on the football field. So I never had a problem. But then when I'm in a business meeting, now I'm like thinking about putting a person's head through a wall and I'm like, bro, I need help. Bro. I got PTSD over here from football. So I was the kind of guy, man, that I listened. I was so funny, man. Cause I, so I listened to hype music before the game, but I'm half black and half white. So it's so funny. So I would listen to Garth Brooks, the song Rodeo, which is like a super hype country song, right? But then I'd, I'd switch it up and be listening to some, you know, the latest like, you know, gangster rap song. So I mean, I just kept it like back and forth like that. I mean, I knew a couple of guys who like my homeboy, he used to listen to Sade and get like so amped up. And I'm like, God, I'm, 
I can't do it, bro. That's you, bro. You're like the calm one. I'm like the, I'm about to rip somebody's heads off you. <laughs> so it's, it was way, way different, man. I, I was, I was just, I was a super aggressive person. Like when I, when I stepped across that white line, I became a different person. And the cool thing about it is, is God will even redeem those kinds of attitudes when you give them over to him. And so now I'm spiritually aggressive, which you have to be because we have a full time enemy. And those negative thoughts and life in general is hard. A lot of times nobody is nobody is immune to the fire of life. Everybody has challenges, no matter how good you think somebody's life looks on social media. It's not. Everybody's got trials and tribulations and challenges because of the world we live in. So, so when you learn how to partner with God in the midst of that, he will, he will, and you become spiritually aggressive, meaning like taking thoughts captive and, and listening to the Lord and figuring out what he's saying and, and beginning to forgive people, which is, you wouldn't think it was like, Oh yeah, forgive them. No forgiveness is like an aggressive type situation. Because there's so many things on a daily basis that attack people. They're kind of like a pebble in your shoe. How irritating is one pebble in your shoe, right? Yeah. Well, how many times do you get irritated, frustrated, or upset during the day? I mean, if you're like me, like, you know, 15 or 20 at least. Well, imagine walking around with 15 or 20 pebbles in your shoe by the end of the day. Of course, you're going to want to, you're going to want to escape through social media. You're going to want to veg out and just watch mindless television. You're going to want to get mindless games on your phone. You're going to want to drink something, smoke something, do something to check out because you've had all these pebbles in your shoe. You've been walking around on a daily basis instead of as they come, releasing them, which looks like I get a thought of irritation. Lord, I just release that over to you in Jesus' name. And Lord, I forgive that person. I release that. And Lord, I just bless them. And Lord, I thank you that you're making me patient and kind. Holy Spirit, guide my heart heart and thoughts and mind. I say that prayer in some variation, 10, 15, 20 times a day. Now it just happens subconsciously as things go on throughout the day. I just say, I just release that over to you in Jesus name. Cause if you don't, man, if you're not spiritually aggressive, then you're going to let the devil get over on you. And he's all about these body shots. Like he's all about high percentage shots. He's not, he's not looking to land the, the haymaker on you until you get kind of like discombobulated. So you ever, you ever been like, you, 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 you have that, that terminology where the person has a bad day and they come home and kick their dog. Yeah. It, the same thing happens to people all the time in their marriages and their kids. And, you know, they, they end up manifesting anger and, and irritation and frustration and not Jesus to their family. They look one way at church and one way at their job, one way around other people. But when they get home or they're at home, they're a totally different person because they got all this stuff pent up in their heart they hadn't let go of. So you yeah. got to be spiritually aggressive, like you and I were with football. You got to you got to take the kingdom by force. Mm. And so we teach about walking in forgiveness and being a three step process. You slap down the thought, you release the thought over to God, and then you pray the opposite of the thought. So that's being spiritually aggressive. That's really good. And not allowing the devil just to get over on you, land these body shots, bro. You're not gonna let anybody else hit like hit you. Like that, are you not gonna let you're not gonna let anybody besides yourself and the enemy just be hitting you all day long? No. But how many times do we beat ourselves up in our minds and and literally 
project ourselves beating other people up, you know, oh, that's, I would say this to this person or, uh, you know, thinking negatively about your spouse or your kids or, you know, these little negative thoughts come all day. And if you're not spiritually aggressive and if you're not intentional about what you're thinking and you don't allow the Holy Spirit to, to begin to culture your mind about how he wants you to think, then at the end of the day, man, you're going to get knocked around and nobody wants to get knocked around. But so many people don't even know how to take a thought captive. They don't even know. They don't know. Good. I thought you were done. I'm sorry, man. No, I'm done. I'm cool. Okay. I want to talk to you about something, though, because I recently, my, I put, I always risk my mental health with some of the things that I, that I see and I put myself in and I, especially like I'm in downtown Minneapolis. So I'm getting to see the riots, the protests. I'm getting to see kind of how shady some of it is. I mean, obviously riots and looting is shady, but it's, I'm, we're kind of seeing the obvious signs that somebody's funding it. And like, it's really aggravating to me. And like, I want to, I, I had put so much energy into like trying to woke people to get them <laughs> to see the truth. And like, and it was becoming aggressive to the point that I was causing a lot of division and at the same time making my mental health go a little wacky because I wasn't keeping my eyes fixated on Jesus. How do you take when you're saying uh, take the kingdom by force? That that's aggressive and it is. But what's the balance between taking the kingdom by force and then also like. Like when you see truth or you know that there's a truth out there, but it's going to cause division, like how do you separate yourself from that. I don't even think I'm framing the question right, but hopefully you know what I'm saying. Like when you see these injustices happening and the people are being deceived as believers, as kingdom-minded men, leaders, what are we to do in that situation? Man, Joshua, that's a question that I have asked God and that I'm on a, I'm walking that out parabolically right now in my life as things are going on because I have different mindsets and experiences and different filters mm. that God is either enhancing or he's removing. So to answer your question, what do I do when I see things like that and what should people do? They should pray mm. and ask God what he is saying about it. And then what he wants them to do in response to what they're seeing. And so it can look a lot of different ways. It can be like, God will show you, okay, you know, like for instance, God I had a dream and God basically spoke to me in that dream and told me for the next 40 days until September 7th, the end of the 40 days now to at 5.55 uh, PM, which is triple grace, 555, pray against COVID-19 and to, for it to be cut off at the root system, pray for the political system, all of it, and then also pray against the spirit of division and for unity. So every day I pray and I release faith for that. Mm. And I've seen prayer move so many things in the spiritual realm where you're like, I don't know. And the devil will tell you, but you're just one person praying in your house. You don't matter. But see, I often tell people, if the devil's fighting you on something, it actually must be working. Otherwise, he wouldn't be bothering you. <laughs> so that's one example. But a lot of it looks like, like he told me, certainly keep releasing truth 
Don't allow yourself to, to have righteous anger because you're not good at it. That's what he told me. He's like, you're not in a place, Sterling, where you can have righteous anger. He said, leave that up to me. He said, because my righteous anger looks like mercy. Your righteous anger looks like you know, vindication and vengeance. <laughs> like shaking somebody, right? Uh, like with your words and just with what you're doing. And, and he said, just, he told me during this time, continue to release truth because it's hearing my voice that's changed your life. And every person that I've seen that's able to overcome life circumstances, the people that are able to sustain that over a long period of time, no matter what happens, are the people that have an active relational connectedness with the Holy Spirit and that know and discern God's voice on a daily basis. Those kind of people are the kind of people that we're trying to raise up and equip and release. So he said, "There's an, I have enough voices right now speaking on this subject of you know racism and rioting and different things like that. What I want you to do is I want you to release the kingdom and what I've equipped you with as far as the message of hearing God's voice, because systematically that's what will change the earth because racism, rioting, injustice boils down to a heart condition of the person. That's right. Wow. But when you get out of religion and people begin to see the kingdom released and they begin to, to feel God's love for themselves then their actual lives are transformed just by way of encountering God's presence. You can't encounter God's presence on a daily basis and not be changed. It's true. So I've, I, I myself have, have been, have overcome police brutality. I myself have overcome all types of racism and God has also convicted me of being a racist. I know that's weird because I'm half black and half white and I, when Jesus first convicted me of isms that I had, I said, God, I can't be racist. I'm half black and half white. I'm mixed. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about, Jesus? And he showed me all these slideshows of a certain people group that I had these preconceived ideas about mm. subconsciously. And he showed me that in a lot of ways, I had an ism against them. Through, through things that I said, just little bitty things. It wasn't anything super big. And I was like, okay, God, I, you're right. I am a racist. I'm, I'm sorry. I repent. Can you show me where the root of it is? Oh, He takes me back to a video image in my mind, like a video plays in my mind, like you're, you're remembering a, a memory. And I had a traumatic experience at eight years old with a person that would be, that would be a person in this people group. And it was a traumatic experience for me. And I had to actually go back and forgive that person and release the, the ism that I had against that person that caused me to have an ism against this entire people group or subcategory of a people group. And I say that to say is that we all have isms, but it takes the Holy Spirit to convict, his goodness to convict. And then I ask God to fill me with his presence, once I release what I, the ism I had, I said, God, now fill me with your mercy and your love and your goodness. Mm. And Lord, I just marry that people group in my heart and I divorce racism. I divorce my ism in this situation. And you know what? When I began to encounter people later, something in my heart had changed regarding those people. And I, and like, it's like scales fell off my eyes and I saw those people 
with the love of Jesus. And when the devil in my in my own unredeemed soul tried to tried tried to put an ism on them again, I said, oh, no, I see. I know where that comes from. And I spotted it and I was able to fight against it. And so I I I hope that answers your question. And that's what we can do is we can ask the Holy Spirit and be spirit led on what what God wants our individual response to be. Yeah. And for somebody else, it may look, he may say, go get a picket sign and be a picketer and give people bottled water and tell them Jesus loves them. I don't know. But for everybody, I would say if more people were spirit led and not led by their emotions, because emotions have no intellect, they just emote. <laughs> <laughs> if they'd be led by the spirit, not only would they be more effective in, 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 in having a vehicle for to change what they're seeing and and they would they would come at it in a way that would be much more effective effective and much more profitable for them and everyone concerned that's what's up we got a question for my my fellow oki erica james please ask sterling where we can buy that shirt and it looks like the live mana tree right behind you <laughs> oh your, come on your tree of life back there yeah, so the tree of life is actually you can you can get that at uh, Mardell's, and actually it's the emblem for our ministry. And so uh, the shirt is an actual active faith. Uh, you can get it at activefaith.com, and it's in Jesus' name. I play is the is the oh, shirt like to active that. faith. So yeah, man, it's a, it. I love being a billboard for Jesus, man. Uh, when I wear the shirt, I feel like a billboard. But just simple stuff like during this time that people have. People have less income and, and they're, you know, what I've been doing is I've been carrying cash on me. And as the Lord leads, you know, I tip, you know, I tip people even when I go to a fast food restaurant. I say, I say, hey, man, what's your name? My name's Greg. Hey, Greg, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Here's a 10. Because nothing says Jesus loves you like cold, hard cash. <laughs> <laughs> and faith without works is dead. <laughs> I love that, man. So let's talk about your book. Um, I'm excited about this. It's an Amazon bestseller. What's the name of it? It's called How to Hear God, 10 Ways God Speaks. Huh. Now tell us about it. Man, so I actually, I actually, this book came about totally selfish. I was in federal prison. I was learning how to hear God's voice more and more. And I started writing down what my voice sounded like, my inner voice sounded like, what his inner voice sounded like like actually practically how did it sound so I could identify it and hear him more, more accurately. And then what did the enemy's voice sounded like? And what did I hear in my mind? What thoughts did I get? What did I feel kinetically? What did I see in my mind's eye? I wrote all those things out just trying to help myself. That turned into a lifestyle where I began to hear God for myself. And I, and I saw all these patterns that God was working in and speaking in. Right. And then I saw them modeled through Jesus's life. And I started realizing that he was actually seeing spiritually, hearing spiritually and feeling spiritually. And I was like, wow, Jesus came so I could do the same thing that he did. He said that in, in, in John, that we'll do greater things than even he did. And so I began to live that as a lifestyle that turned into a sermon that God had me do for a youth group. And then he woke me up one day and said, I want you to write a book. And he brought this that sermon to my mind and so began a three and a half year almost journey of me writing this book and God just supernaturally downloading patterns and ways that he spoke 
dude, this this book is so above my pay grade, bro. <laughs> I'm so glad that God doesn't call the qualified that he qualifies a called because I've literally only been hearing God's voice for like nine years now. And I will tell people in the book, I'm not an expert in hearing God's voice, but the things that he's downloaded to me in the practical ways that he's helped me activate hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people to hear his active voice is amazing. So, and I was like, God, I mean, you could call anybody to do this. I mean, there's so much many more people that have broader and greater ministries. Cause I read all, I read books on hearing God and I read books on the Lord and they didn't just, they, they had a couple nuggets in there that kind of helped me. But as God, as I did this process of journaling, I was like, man, nobody's teaching like how to practically hear the voice of God. I mean, I, I went to church. I grew up hearing a whole bunch of history you know, lessons. Sure. And so, you know, history lessons aren't going to set you free. No. But the, but hearing God's voice every day and abiding in the Holy Ghost will set you free and keep you free. And so I, I, the book is full of just practically how to encounter God through his word, through circumstances, through other believers, through miracle signs and wonders, healing. It basically, and, but it's all practical application. So it's not, you're not going to get a whole bunch of theoretical knowledge in this book. There's plenty of books out there that do that. This book is all about practicality. What, um, who are some of your go-tos for, and like, obviously the Bible is there and, and it's, that's the go-to, but outside of that, like, who are some of the teachers that you go to just to, to, to learn, you know, just to learn from, like whether they're motivational speakers or other ministers, like who are, who are your people? Man. So, so that's a great question, man, because really not all teaching is, is equal, right? So I knew that there was a, a lot of teaching out there. And so I asked God seven, eight years ago when I realized that I'm like, God, I don't want to hear the wrong voices anymore because hearing the wrong voices growing up and hearing the wrong teaching growing up gave me the wrong filter and kept me bound for 15 years. I've already wasted so much time, God. I need you to like supersize me. So I realized that the easiest way for you to begin to walk as Jesus walked is model what he did and also model other people that have the kind of relationship with God that you want. So I began to, God began to bring people into my life and ministries into my life that he wanted me to model. So one of the first ones, believe it or not, he started me out on Joel Osteen because I didn't believe in the power words. So he started me out like at the most sunshine, easy way I could, because I, I didn't believe that you could speak words and that God would like, you know, answer those words and abide in those words. So he started me out in just like the feel good message of the century, right? The hope, the, the, the guy that preaches hope almost better than anybody there is. Right. Yeah. And so he started me out with that. And then, you know, he is so funny. I was praying about prayer one day and some, and I was in prison. I was walking by to go to chow. Some guy that doesn't know me walks up to me and hands me three books on prayer by Kenneth Hagin. And I've, and I've listened to a lot of Kenneth Hagin stuff and, he preached on the believer's authority and a lot of the stuff that's in the book that's a good was, book. was cultured by the teaching that I heard with Kenneth Hagin. And I was able, God's given me a, a gift to see patterns and then deconstruct them and, and give people language and vocabulary to apply spiritual concepts in their life in a real world practical way. 
And so Kenneth Hagen has been uh, a, 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 an influence on me. I would say, I would say um, Kenneth Kagan, Joe Olstein. I would say Bill Johnson has, and what Bethel is doing is beautiful. Up the upper room in Dallas has been a, a, a great source of of worship and and just looking what it, what seeing what it looks like to worship and minister to God. Sure. Uh, and I would I would say also that you know I follow stuff stuff that Sean Bowles does. We we give into his ministry on a monthly basis, and he talks a lot about you know receiving prophetic words from God and delivering them. Our ministry is more about you hearing God personally for yourself and living out of the overflow of that. And we have a section on, you know, giving words to other people, but we really focus on people's daily relationship and what that looks like in their own sphere of influence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I mean, th- those are the kind of people that I thought fo- that I follow, but I really have just been spirit led. Charles Caps was a great word of faith teacher that was beautiful. And, and some people, some people would say that they don't really like some of those people. And, and Kenneth Copeland is one of the guys that mm-hmm. has taught me a lot about the power of prosperity and that and the power of the blessing, and then it can dominate your life in great in great ways. And he's a great word of faith teacher. So I've, I've had all I've taken little bits and pieces. Uh, Todd White is another guy that yeah. I absolutely love that walks in the supernatural. Uh, Brian Guerin talks about just abiding in the in the presence of the Lord. So, you know, God just kind of leads me to different people in different seasons. And I just have this prayer in my heart that I say, God, just please lead me to the right ministries, lead me to the right teaching, lead me to the right books, lead me to the right videos in that the season of my life that I need that. Mm -hmm. And so he's been faithful to do that. So for everybody that looks different. So I would I would encourage I would encourage people just to to pray that prayer to God and you'll see him answer you in amazing ways. But that's just a couple of the people that just come to my mind right now that have been a really great influence on my life. I've been I was so fortunate. Um, I had a golly, it's been about two and a half years. I went up. I gave my life to the Lord five years ago, but two and a half years ago, I had a a meth relapse, four day meth binge, and then had another ex- encounter with God that blew my mind. But it was after that, after God came to me and he said, I'm not letting you go. This is going to suck, <laughs> but I'm not letting you go. Yeah. And he gave me a series of words that kind of took me on a different direction, which was so powerful. But in that time is when I discovered Graham Cook and I learned about abiding. Yes. I didn't know about rest. This is when. I was constantly looking for work. Every opportunity I was getting that I thought I was about to get paid because I'd been homeless and had lost everything. And I thought, here I am. I'm going to get on my feet. I'm going to get on my feet. Here we go. Yay. This is it. I finally have money. I could pay rent. Yay. And then it always fell through. Somehow they wouldn't pay me. Something would happen. And I finally just said, ah, screw it. And I gave in. Well, in that time when God said, I want you to rest, quit looking for work, just rest in me abide in me. And, and I'm like, okay, here we go. And then I was led to Graham Cook. Graham Cook then, of course, led me to uh, Dr. Miles Monroe. Man, powerful. Those were my, those were the two. And then, of course, my, my pastor um, in Oklahoma City at Word of God Church, guy was the number two drug dealer in Houston, Texas. I mean, this is like 40 years ago, heroin, cocaine. Like he is a gangster in every sense of the word. 
and but he's my spiritual father and like being able to learn from him I was so so blessed I mean I miss I miss I'm in Minneapolis now but I miss him so much because he's one of the most powerful most dynamic creatures I've ever met in my life but I've been very very fortunate to find some go-to's that really really help me and they always take me right back to the Bible instead yeah. of making themselves the God they take me right back to the Bible which is great because it's easy to just rely on the YouTube videos of all the different sermons. It's easy to just do that and forget about the Bible. But the Bible is still the most important book that we can I, I agree with you 100%, man. And there are seasons that, there are seasons that I, I watch a lot more YouTube and, and follow a lot more uh, ministries just because God had me on kind of like, okay, I want you to see what they're doing. And then I'm going, I'm going to, to help, to help you deconstruct this. And I'm going to take something out of it. that's going to add to your life and add to you know, your own ministry. And so uh, even, but even in the midst of watching a video, I often tell people, don't just watch a video, like engage the Holy spirit as you hear things that touch your spirit. Mm. So you can't just watch other people encounter God you you want to basically use that as an invite to encounter God with them. Mm. So with Miles Monroe begins to talk about the the power of words and and you know the power of of thought. I began to say, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? When Todd White when Todd White is ministering, and getting a word of knowledge, I said, well, God, okay, I want to walk in words of knowledge like that. You know, do you have a? And I'll go to somewhere. I was like, God, would you give me a word of knowledge? And, you know, who do you want me to minister to in here? And so begin to model what they're walking out because God's giving them as a prophetic picture to you. And don't just listen to the video. Begin to engage your faith in the Holy Spirit to walk in your own level of destiny in regards to what they're teaching. That's so good, man. That's so good. Sterling, um, this has been a blessing, man. And I, I do hope that we get to meet in person or find some way to collaborate down the road. Like you're, you're my kind of dude. And uh, so grateful for all of your time here. Um, it, what do you, what, what do you want to plug besides the book, uh, your website, any, plug anything you want? Yeah, man. It's our, our website is sterlingharris.org. We're on, we're on Facebook, Instagram, and we're also on, on YouTube. And, and I would just ask people, just to become part of our community, you know, mm -hmm. join our Facebook page and join our YouTube and, and begin to, you know, visit our website because we've, we're creating content to help you have a community of people that want to hear God's voice and are hearing God's voice and are having their lives transformed. And so all of our content is about that. So we just want to see transformed lives. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about to us. So every single person that follows our ministry and becomes part of our community, God cares about each and every single person. It's not just, you're not a number. So plug into our community, plug into our family, plug into our culture, because it's the culture of God that culturizes your heart. And if you're taking in this culture of hearing God in various ways, because all of our content is about how you can practically hear God for yourself and walk out the life that Jesus walked out supernaturally. All of our content is geared bet between you and God encountering one another. And when you become part of that community, 
you begin to have your mind and your spirit cultured to you hearing from heaven and you being connected with God and you living God inside minded. So that's the one thing I would say, come and connect with our family and become part of our culture and don't just like us and, and not, not digest the content, the content and you engaging the content with the Holy spirit is what's going to change and transform you. I don't care about selling books and I don't care about how many likes I get on Facebook. I want transform lives mm. because that's what God gave me. And I want to give that to as many people as possible. And that's why we do what we do. That's what's up, man. God bless you, brother. Thank you so much. Uh, and I look forward to talking to you again. Uh, absolutely, man. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Sterling Harris, everybody. Jesus <laughs> loves you guys. <laughs> Jesus loves you, bro. <laughs> wow, that was awesome. Um, so grateful for Sterling coming on and giving that. I was just, there was a lot there. Sometimes when I have guests um, over the over the years, like you, some people, you get it, like, but there was just so like there was a couple things that you can take away, right? There was so much there that I have to go back and watch it and take notes because there was a lot of knowledge there and there was a lot of stuff that I've not really even heard before. But I love that because you know, hearing the voice of God and being able to call on that is is a is a gift. It's a gift. Like I've twice in my life, twice, three times, three times heard the voice of God. Three times. And that's it. And, you know, but once you have it happen, it's, it's a, it changes your life forever. So I, I'm really inspired by that. I want to pick up his book, too. You guys can, sterlingharris.org is the website. Um, again, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, IamConchita.com. You can go to uh, IamConchita.com, use promo code WELCOME10 to save 10% on the new Lash App and Curl. And then also Live Mana Utoya. Dot com, which is a full line of CBD products. It's uh, it's fantastic. Everything from beauty, wellness, health products, uh, regular CBD. There's a new Delta 8 product that's amazing. Uh, the, uh, uh, the There's a brain boost that's absolutely terrific, and I'm out of it and need it, obviously. But I'm so grateful for all of you being here. It feels so good to broadcast again. It's been a while. Um, but listen, God bless you guys, and have an amazing day. Um, we're going to be back tomorrow, actually. I'm going to be interviewing um, have quite an awesome guest, so you'll want to tune in for that. It's at 12 o'clock Central tomorrow. God bless you guys, and have an amazing day.